Here's the problem um, in spiritual warfare is many people think when they think of God and then they think of Satan, they think they're opposing enemies. And this would take us uh, in a whole other place too, but um, Satan's a created being. So that's, that's a whole, that's a whole other, you know, uh, makes people uncomfortable. But Satan is not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. He can't read your thoughts. He's not right. everywhere at once. So even for us as Christians, uh, you know, when we talk about, oh yeah, Satan attacked me, well, probably really wasn't Satan. Yeah, Satan's probably got pro after other guys. Yeah, <laughs> but it probably was the powers, the principalities, the minions, the rulers uh, of the air. Yeah. Uh, those demons that have been given the authority in that area that you're in, those yeah. are the ones that are attacking you. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast. My name is Ethan. And my name is Derry. And today we have an awesome guest. But first, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on Spotify, please leave a review. Smash that like button like you always do. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. All those things. We have a Patreon if you're interested. We got stickers if you want a sticker. Let us know. We'd love to get those things out to you. And if you want, on a lot of our social medias and our Spotify, there's an option to leave comments, to ask us questions. We'd love to respond to those. We'd love to do fan question episodes. So if you're interested in that, leave a comment, leave a like, uh, subscribe, all that stuff. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, and our guest today is Maria Daughtry. She's right here. Um, she has, uh, she's been doing ministry for around 20 years, teaching on the Holy Spirit for 15 years. And she's joining us today to talk about spiritual warfare. Yeah. It's a topic that a lot of people like have an interest in, but there's not a lot of good biblical teaching out there. So it could be like confusing if you're trying to find out the truth of it. Yep. You got these hyper charismatic guys who think there's a demon behind every corner. And you got guys who are like, nah, all that's fictional in the Bible. It's just ideology. There's no right. demons at all. And it's very confusing because both can sound really compelling. So we're going to have a good biblical discussion about spiritual warfare and what we should know about it as Christians, how we should engage, when to engage, and just all that stuff. So Maria, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem. Anything we forgot to plug? You have any books or new <laughs> new podcasts that might be coming out wow. that we might need to tell people wow. about? <laughs> okay, well... Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to start a podcast um, in December, so be looking for it, and it's called uh, Speaking from in the Middle of the Storm. So um, this has been in the making for two years, wow. and uh, it's finally happening. This probably won't be out until around then anywhere. Do you know when in December it's going to start? No, I don't have a okay. firm date yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, this will probably come out the end of November or around December, okay. so it'll be around that time. Okay, awesome. Mm -hmm. For people. Yeah, so, so you'll check it out. Do you know where you're going to post it? If it's going to be on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I imagine probably both those places. Yeah, and uh, the, the young man that's actually doing all of that, he's, mm -hmm. we're downloading something, hmm. and it... You, connects you to all of these different. Anchor, anchor, most likely. What were you? Probably. Yeah, yeah, possibly. They're probably also going to use this this software right here. <laughs> but he knows all about that. He probably knows yeah. more. I should probably call him and ask him questions. What's the uh, What's the content going to be like for people listening? Um, I think it's going to be a little bit of everything. We're going to start actually with um, prophetic intercession. Um, with some worship in the background. Cool. And then we're um, going to do some interviews, and I think I'm going to do just a little bit of 
you know, commenting. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. So devotionals, uh, and maybe since you gave me this idea, <laughs> a little bit of my teachings, uh, we may plug in there. Oh yeah, that'd be great. I think great. You yeah. could take a little, even on your phone, you can just hit record while you're teaching, and yeah, that yeah, you just mm-hmm. upload it. Easy. <laughs> I told her to bring a microphone with her. She just plug it straight into her phone and like go with it. It'd be great. Yeah, you could probably plug one of these in. Yeah. And eventually, if you get enough subscribers, you can do live streams and talk to people live on the internet wow. and record those. Mm. That's Tell them what you want, speaking yeah. to them and give words yeah. and stuff could be fun. Well, I mean, talking about spiritual warfare, this has been this has been a lot of wrestling yeah. to do mm-hmm. this. So mm-hmm. finally the overcoming is yeah. about to happen. Was that mostly wrestling with yourself or was there like wrestling with the enemy in there? I think there was wrestling with the Lord because <clears throat> the Lord was asking me mm-hmm. to start this podcast in uh, twenty twenty. And um, so I wrestled with him, but I wrestled with him because of fear of man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you and I were just mentioning this the other day, but I've been doing a lot of um, studying about the spirit of Jezebel. And the more that I learn about this, the mm-hmm. more that I say, oh, I think this is the spirit that I've been fighting against the mm-hmm. last two years. And uh, I say that because it says that Jezebel uh, wants prophets to run. Like, there's just so much fear that comes over you. And that's how I would feel every time I'd sit down to do Mm -hmm. this uh, podcast. I would have nothing to say, Mm -hmm. and then I would just be filled with fear, fear of man. Mm -hmm. And that's not usually my MO. So... It took uh, the last two years of really wrestling with the Lord, weeping, talking, trying to negotiate, which I also found out is another um, fruit of the Jezebel spirit that you want to negotiate with the Lord. Like you think you're in a place of negotiation (laughs) and partial obedience. Yeah, wow. And so um, I've been doing a lot of repenting, really. Cool. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so on the topic of spiritual warfare, I, I would assume, because there's like so much out there. A lot of our demographic is like Gen Z. A lot of Gen Z is um, encountering a lot of witchcraft growing up yeah. as normal. They, I think in Kona, they pulled all their students, which relative to the entire population is a small amount. You know, it's like 2,000 or so people maybe. But they pulled all their students and said, um, how many of you have been exposed to witchcraft? And it was just about like seven or know someone who's engaged. And it was like 70% said, I know someone who's engaged or I'm, I'm like, I've been exposed to it. Do they have anyone who identified as a witch? I don't know. I, I, I would assume if they were a witch, they'd probably lie about it and be like, I'm Maybe not a witch. Yeah, I guess. But, um, but yeah, so it's, it seems like in this culture, there's a lot of flirting with witchcraft or flirting with, and they want to do white magic or just little spells here and there. Like, my sister knows people who've done this, you know. I know people who've done this. And so... I have close friends who are witches. Yeah. And so it's like, we have... There's, there's, it's almost everywhere in our population, but the thing is people are entertaining this stuff without a, knowledge, without a lot of knowledge on what's actually happening, what the truth of the matter is. And so what even would be the definition of spiritual warfare? Because some people might think they're just entertaining things, that it's not bad. Well, I think first this is what I'll say is that uh, when I teach on spiritual warfare 
I think it looks very different than how the average person teaches on spiritual warfare. And some might even say it leans highly into identity. Hmm. So I'll teach it from the whole book of Ephesians hmm. and talk about um, the armor of God. And I come from the, um, the perspective of your life, your active life in Christ mm-hmm. is spiritual warfare. Hmm. So it's not only we're fighting demons or, um, you know, we're fighting uh, the darkness with um, like only in intercession Mm. or in things like that. But it's your Mm -hmm. daily choices that are spiritual warfare, which is why, you know, talking about me having this podcast and me wrestling Mm -hmm. through this, that's part of spiritual warfare. I don't think that's all of it. Mm-hmm. I obviously believe heavily in um, angels, the demonic, mm-hmm. and that there is a place where uh, we're not aware of that spiritual mm-hmm. realm and there's warfare happening mm-hmm. there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think spiritual warfare, um, actually, it's the broad understanding of Jesus came to bring the kingdom of God mm-hmm. in a world that was meant to have the kingdom of God everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we are, um, we're the Jesus bringers yeah. in the dark world. Mm-hmm. So that is warfare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to get into any biblical basis for your spiritual warfare at the beginning? Yeah. I know there's a lot yeah. of people maybe watching who are coming from a background. Um, and it's such how people are raised a lot. It's really interesting. Like, we are so accepting of like witches and like people in our lives. Um, just as human beings, but then we're so materialists just as a society at the same time of like, there isn't really the spiritual realm. Um, like if a miracle happens, like it can be explained away, even like lots of Christians. And so we've also made the Bible very material where like mm-hmm. we've taken away the actual deity behind all of the gods that are talked about in the Bible, um, which is not a very Jewish perspective thing to do. And when we talk about like, the kingdom of darkness, we think like, oh, like, that's maybe like a typification of evil and it's just like right. really human temptation that we have versus like God wants us to act a certain way. And there's no actual like identity to evil in this life, which isn't, which isn't really an accurate biblical perspective in my opinion. So maybe we could talk about just the, the backing for that if people are wondering mm-hmm. real quick. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Are there any verses you can think of where like we base our belief in the supernatural off of when we're coming into talking about spiritual warfare? Yeah. A few. Well, I mean, I think, like I said, the whole book of Ephesians, Mm. because let's talk about Ephesus, Mm. right? What's happening Mm -hmm. in Ephesus uh, at that time, um, they have the largest, uh, the largest temple, right? Mm -hmm. To uh, Artemis. um, To Artemis. And so, and and in those days, uh, I think of it, uh, I think we've done it here before where for the uh, BCC, they take you through uh, all the different beliefs that were happening there Mm -hmm. in Ephesus. So I think when we look in Ephesians, this is why I like to teach from there because it says we are seated in heavenly places with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So if we understand that and if we accept our identity as such, this is where we've been placed, Mm -hmm. then we will have a broader perspective to be able to say, oh, is this sickness, are you really sick? Mm -hmm. Or is this spiritual? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's great. And I think, so I, it's hard for me because I think like we can see it in Daniel. We see him uh, in his 21 days of fasting. We mm-hmm. see that the armies were, the um, spiritual armies were, mm-hmm. you know, they did, couldn't get to him because right. they were fighting. Right. Um, so okay. I, yeah, I just think it's hard for me mm-hmm. because when I read the whole Bible, I'm yeah. like, this is all about spiritual warfare. Right. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So it's hard for me when people want to kind of construct it down to a few places because I'm like, this is it. Like, yeah. Jesus had to break through, mm-hmm. not yeah. only for us, but because of the promises of God yeah. to yeah. Abraham and for the building of the kingdom. Yeah bring everything back to the way that it was supposed to be in the beginning. Yeah, that's, I like what you're saying a lot because it's like, it is all over scripture. Um, I think it was my dad who pointed out to me, there's a part in the Old Testament when Israel's fighting against a pagan nation and it says that the pagan nation sacrificed someone to their God and then Israel ran away scared or like some terror came on Israel and they maybe they were outside of God, Yahweh's will. And my dad is like, right there, Ethan, there's human sacrifice and the curses are working. And I was like, Yep. I've never seen that before. I was yep. like, that's... Cr-. Like, I knew in the world, like, people do sacrifice and it has spiritual implications. Mm-hmm. But then to see it in the Bible and, like, knowing the Bible's authoritative, it's like, that's... Yeah. And it's like, we say it's crazy, but it's also like, that's evil. And, like, we, and, like Steve Gregg talks about this. He says, um, which we have an episode with him. Uh, go check it out. Um, he, saw, he talks about how we're not on a cruise ship. We're on a battleship. Yeah. And so... Or we're not in a playground. Or I think, no, sorry. Jim Baker says the battleship one. Uh, Steve Gregg says, this is not a playground. This is a battlefield. And he's like, when you become a Christian, it's not like hunky-dory. Yeah, you're saved. Now you can rest. It's like, yes, you can rest on Jesus, but you're in the middle of a war. And like things are going to actively come against you. And yeah. We were talking about this with our friends recently. Like um, When spiritual attacks happen and stuff like that, like we were talking one day and we were talking about spiritual warfare. And Darius like, yeah, like I feel like there's spirits watching us right now. I was like, dude, I've been feeling that too. Like this whole conversation. <laughs> and so then we just like prayed against it. And I was like... Yeah, it's interesting. So we studied Ephesians 6, and we were, like, just going through, and I was like, it's interesting that it doesn't say, like, do this and attacks will stop. It's like, do everything you can to stand and stand firm, resisting the devil, and, like, his attacks will be extinguished. Yeah. But it doesn't say anything about getting to a place where you stop being attacked. Well, no, it actually says, uh, resist the enemy, and he will flee, but he prowls about like Mm -hmm. a lion seeking an opportune time. He's coming back. Yeah. And I think um, I'm super conservative. So uh, let me just say this before. That's my, you know, (laughs) uh, before what I'm about to say. But I think the reason that Gen Z may be surrounded so much more with all of this idea, like good witch, bad witch, you know, all these kinds Mm. of things, it's not really a big deal. one is yoga has infiltrated uh, the Christian world, and now there's like Jesus yoga or God yoga or whatever. <laughs> and then also, too, um, I think I call it the Harry Potter phenomena. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you guys might be on the place of like, Maria, what's the big deal? Harry Potter, like, you know. Um, but for myself, I see if I hit a. No, no, I'm, yeah, okay. I'm, on, I'm on your but, side. Oh, I'm on your... All right, all right. Well, um, because. Um, Harry Potter, like right from the get go, 
we're talking about curses and spells and real spells. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for me, I'm just like, like, why? Why? Why, how is that entertainment to us as Christians? And I understand good versus evil. And, you know, I get that concept, but I'm like, man, uh, I think my angst is as Christians, we're the ones that are supposed to be writing the best novels about good mm-hmm. against evil. Mm-hmm. That's, that's our territory. And, um, and this is a huge, I think, within Christendom, you know, as a mom, moms are always having these, you know, you have these polite discussions when your kids are <laughs> little and you're like, so, uh, you're trying to figure out where the other mom's at, you know, you got your crunchy moms and mm. trying to figure out if their kids come to your house, are you going to feed them Cheetos or are you going to give them the right food, <laughs> celery and carrots, you know, you got the moms that are like, uh, are you going to be watching the children the whole time? Or are you mm. letting them, mm. you know, play outside by themselves? Yeah. And then you have the moms that are like, um, so <clears throat> our family's all dressing up to go see the next uh, Harry Potter movie. And so we were hoping like everyone in the group could join us. And then you see all the different mom reactions, mm. right? <laughs> and so for me, um, I'm like, oh, yeah, probably not us. <laughs> uh, because I think that all that does, if I say to my son, hey, let's go watch all of these things. Let's see how people cast spells, blah, blah, blah. That if I go this far, then he's going to go this far. And it's even common in discipleship that let's say, uh, and let's say you enjoy a glass of wine or a nice glass of whiskey. Uh, the idea is that the people you're discipling in their immaturity, well, if you have one, they're probably going to be okay with two, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, so I'm very conservative when it comes to all these do we step into this do we step into that and i as i'm getting older i do i ask myself like is this because i'm old now is this because i'm more wise but even things that we've accepted into the christian realm since i was a kid like which you know everyone's going to start telling me how crazy i am like jujitsu and um you know karate like I wanted, I was thought about maybe I'm going to put my kid in that and then I realized they have to bow to the sword in one of these because the sword carries the souls of the last hmm. uh, warriors. Yeah. And I'm like, can't do it. I'm not yeah. sure which martial art that is. Yeah. Maybe. So, yeah. So with all that, right? Like, as I've heard like a lot of similar things, the thing about yoga is really interesting is the word yoga comes from like the Hindu word which means to be yoked and you're trying mm. to yoke yourself with Brahma mm. or Brahman whatever his name yes. is and that's why a lot of Christians are like this is bad you're not supposed to be yoked with it yeah um, but I've heard people who even have come out of that and like fight against the new age stuff say like look if you're just stretching yeah it's fine right like if there's no spirituality you want to stretch it's healthy so also with similar with jujitsu maybe they're just doing it for the athletics mm. what are your thoughts on that well I have an example <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, 
uh, know of someone who uh, loved the Lord, Christian, uh, actually was a, a YWAMer, and decided that they were going to start doing yoga as a benefit for their health. Mm-hmm. Um, from that place that opened them up, they were like, wow, this is really helping me. Hmm. Yoga. And were they going to a class somewhere? Yeah, or? so they were going to uh, a class and then they started uh, reading more books about yoga. Oh, okay. And then from there, it opened them up a little bit more. And so then they decided maybe they were going to become like a yogi. Well, actually, they first they started having their uh, children do yoga as well. Um, and then, and, and in the midst of that, they were beginning to go through uh, this idea that Christianity is like a trampoline into further spirituality. So there's nothing bad with Christianity. Right. It's just the old way. So now we're going to jump into Christ consciousness. Oh, and, I hate it. <laughs> uh, and uh, all these ideas. So mm. all that's happening within um, for these people and then to the place uh, where now uh, one of them is running... Um, uh, business where they take people on spiritual uh, journeys with an mm. altar and wow. uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so I've seen this occur. I've mm. seen people, godly people, who then begin doing some form of yoga mm-hmm. and it actually shifts their uh, what they trust in. I have yeah. another friend who... Um, they also, someone within their family was in pain and they couldn't, they kept going to all these different people who said they were healers and all that kind of stuff and they weren't getting healed. But healers like Christian, you know, they were going to this and then they ended up going to somebody who um, decided to uh, do Reiki Mm. and they got healed. Hmm. Wow. So then that person was like, well, I think I've been too close-minded. Mm. And now they're totally uh, into the new age. Yeah. Wow, yeah. And like with that, because some people listening might be like, oh, yeah, see, like it's evidence that this is that. And like in universalism. And, and some people could um, use that as try to use it as evidence. But I just want to say like we were listening to this podcast earlier in the week about this guy who's done a lot of exorcisms and he's talked mm. about one of these things and he's like he's like yeah sometimes people go to these like ungodly healers and they, they think they get healed he's like but it's not healing really it's just like if I pinch you and let go and you stop being in pain you're like oh I was healed it's like no I just stopped doing things like, so the demons are just in the background like letting them have it, this experience they're like stop oppressing them in this way mm. so they think they get healed but really they're not and then so then the, the question would be like well, why didn't jesus heal them you know it's like well there's a that opens a whole nother can of worms of like do you have open doors do you have attachments do you have agreements are you living an active sin unrepentantly and all this stuff and, and or or even in again like i said i yeah i'm an outlier that's what i should just say about this whole <laughs> podcast i'm an outlier in many things but or 
um, is God not healing you because he has a different purpose mm-hmm. hmm. and that's really hard for us yeah you know when we read in the Cement old testament god, a crazy idea you know when, <laughs> you when we read it it's a god a crazy idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we read in I, even isaiah about who god is it says he is the god of i am the god that brings peace and i am the god that brings calamity mm-hmm. nobody ever really wants to talk about that and when i teach <laughs> atheists talk about all that <laughs> <laughs> when i teach I, I like to encourage people, do a little study right here. Like, yeah. what's happening? Why why would God say that? And does it matter to us since it's in the Old Testament, you know, or not? But I think that um, we were, this might take us somewhere else. And so you can, you know, veer me back in. But we were just having a discussion about euthanasia. Hmm. And what's wrong with euthanasia? Oh, they need to get saved. Wow. Okay, so <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so we were talking about how we've reached this place in society that we're asking um, about the quality of life, and mm. and how do we determine what the quality of life is versus God determining the quality of life. And we were talking about, well, if somebody has, like, dementia, you know, and, and so it's not really them anymore. Like, I wish we had this big discussion. And, and what it came down to was, um, what if the Lord uh, utilizes, he didn't bring on that dementia. What if he utilizes that within a family mm-hmm. to bring mm-hmm healing to the whole family because they have to come around that person they have to begin working as a unit maybe there's forgiveness that Mm. occurs we don't know what god's doing on the interior in someone Mm. through somebody else's Mm. sickness when i was young i had a a, someone give me a word and they talked about um madame guyan i don't know if you've ever read any of her books but she was a a great intercessor and then saint Teresa of avila Mm -hmm. and that story is she told god i want to be so intimate with you i want to be so close to you and she went through four years of a mysterious illness Hmm. and then she wrote this book all about that time and how she had to lean into God and how it wow. changed her wow. for the rest of her life. Wow. Yeah. So, um, careful yeah. what you pray. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be careful what like, you pray. Yeah. But I just, I guess, yeah. I think sometimes we may think some things are about spiritual warfare. They're about we're being attacked, mm-hmm. and sometimes it may be that we are like Job and we're getting sifted like wheat. And can we accept? that God knows what's best for us, mm. not what Western culture says what's best for yeah, us. That's good. And I love what you said earlier about you said sometimes like people have sickness and they think it's spiritual or, or they don't think it's spiritual and they try to medicate it, but it's like really there's something behind it. Because even like two nights ago, we went out for my wife's birthday, we hung out and um, came back and I went to sleep and I like woke up in the middle of the night and my stomach and, and it was just like churning and I was like, oh my gosh, so I like ran to the bathroom and I was like so much pain out of nowhere, just woke up and immediately to the bathroom and I was like, what is happening? And nothing was happening. I was just sitting there in pain. So I was like just praying and I was like, if this is an attack of any kind from the enemy, I break this in Jesus name. And then about like two minutes later, everything went back to normal. And I was like, wow. Hmm. 
I'm now, going back to sleep. In those two minutes, did you poop? What? No, I didn't. That's the thing. As I said, nothing happened. Like I said, wow. did you leave I, out anything in that story? <laughs> no, no farting, no burping, no throwing up. Wow. No, nothing. Wow. Like, wow. And I was just like, huh, that was simple. I just went back to sleep. But I, and it's like, cool. I don't try to over, like some people be like, I was attacked or this. Like, yeah. It's like, you won. We won. We win. It's like, we get the victory. You know? Yeah. A lot of things I've been saying like, W. Yeah. You got that dub. <laughs> uh, we would talk about it. It's like, we have one. I feel like demons can only, and maybe you can speak into this. Demons can only really oppress or like have their way if they get us to agree in fear. You know what I mean? Mm. And so that they, yes. they so because they've been defeated, because they don't have the authority of Jesus, and we do as Christians, it's like all they can do is try to intimidate. And once we give into that intimidation, then they attack. Kind of like when you're swimming with sharks, they can sense the fear. And they'll only attack you if they sense the fear. But if you're around them and you don't feel afraid, they'll kind of like leave you alone. I think, uh, I think they may... Mm-hmm. Or they may continue to attack you in a new way. Try to intimidate But you I do think, here's the problem um, in spiritual warfare, is many people think, when they think of God, and then they think of Satan, they think they're opposing enemies. Mm-hmm. And this would take us uh, in a whole other place too, <laughs> but um, Satan's a created being. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a whole... That's a whole other, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pe- makes people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But Satan is not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. He can't read your thoughts. He's not right. everywhere at once. So even for us as Christians, uh, you know, when we talk about, oh, yeah, Satan attacked me. Well, probably really wasn't Satan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Satan's probably got pro- going after other guys. Yeah, <laughs> but it probably was the powers, the principalities, the minions, the rulers mm-hmm. uh, of the air. Yeah. Uh, those demons that have been mm-hmm. given the authority in that area mm-hmm. that you're in, those yeah. are the ones that are attacking you. Yeah. And uh, if you read anything by Joy Dawson, she was, um, some people would call her very extreme, but there are things she wouldn't even talk about wow. because she was said, if you pray in your mind and you don't speak it out, the demons can't hear that. But mm-hmm. once you talk about things, they're like the greatest um, psychologists. They're going to figure out what it uh, is that you're tempted by, what it is that they should bring into your life mm-hmm. so that you begin walking through like this temptation, this Wow. Mm. Interesting. And the reason why internal processes are better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. us external wow. processes are doomed. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. That's me. Shrewd. That's me. That's <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Yeah, so people think that Satan is the complete opposite of God, and so they give him right. too, much, uh, power. too yeah. much power. But then you have the other Christians who mm-hmm. are like, come on now. Yeah. Like, does he have really any power? We don't even need to talk about him. Right. You know, I've heard pastors... He's defeated, um, isn't he? Yeah, well, and I've heard pastors, like, they'll have the picture of the lighthouse on their wall, you know, and then the raging wave that goes around it, but will never land on that lighthouse. And they're like, we just stay focused on the Lord. And then this rage, the storm is raging around us. And, you know, we're in a safe place, so we're fine. And I'm like, yes, I understand that. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, demonic attack. When you see people going, have been under demonic attack, mm-hmm. it's nutty. Mm-hmm. What can happen? And um, I've said this to some people myself, my own experience 
when I first began teaching, uh, I remember the first time I taught, I was asked to teach and I was so like stressed. Uh, the week before I taught, I got sick. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, it's probably my anxiety. You know, I've never mm-hmm. taught 15 hours of right. lecture before, um, etc. And I probably wore myself out. I did all these hours of study. And mm-hmm. then the next time I taught, I got sick again mm-hmm. right before I taught. Mm-hmm. And it took till about the third time that I was like, this is warfare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then I just started declaring, okay, you're going to make me sick. Guess what? I'm going to teach more. Right. I'm going <laughs> to speak out more. Then my son started so sickness went went away Mm. my son started having night terrors like the kind where you're looking at him he's walking around the house and he's crying for me and i'm saying son i'm right here i'm right here and he's going mommy where are you like terrifying horrifying uh you know and night terrors and that began happening two some one two sometimes three weeks before I would teach. So now the attack is coming against my son. And again, I was saying, weeping and saying, I'm going to continue to teach because this is what the Lord's asked me to do. Mm -hmm. Next came my husband. And um, one time I left him and my son to go teach. And the first day I left, his back went out. Never Mm -hmm. had happened before. Uh, another time, this is when we were staffing here, he cut off uh, the tip of his finger. Oh. Called oh. me from the ER. Uh, another time, he's a marble and granite fabricator by trade, and they use these Makita saws, which are like round pieces of stone with diamond bits mm-hmm. in them, mm-hmm. and um, they hardly ever like blow up or anything like that and he was using one in our front yard and it blew up and it went into his uh leg and the doctor said it was equivalent to someone standing there and like shooting Shooting him in the leg and um so all these crazy things began happening to my husband and i'm like okay so first you came after me then you went after my son now you're going to come after my husband all so i won't teach and this is the way of the enemy. Mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the, a little bit ago, you had said that, you know, demonic activity or, or manifestations can get a little wacky and, and, and crazy. So what does that look like? Or even what would spiritual warfare look like in the daily, day in and day out? Because some people are walking around and like probably are, are being attacked and don't, don't even know. So how can our listeners and us recognize when it's happening and then how do we respond okay Mm. well i do think daily i think we subject ourselves to spiritual warfare if i'm being really honest Mm. um i think we make the enemy's job really easy Mm. because we subject ourselves to um what i would call tasteless music Mm. and we subject ourselves to questionable uh movies uh videos um, entertainment. Mm-hmm. We uh, we subject ourselves to atmospheres and places mm-hmm. where um, we have no business being there unless we're there to bring the light to the darkness truly in a very active way. So, uh, you know, it's interesting for me. I think there's a lot of Christians that'll say, well, now I have freedom in Christ. And I'm like, well, 
you know, you really are a slave to righteousness, but okay, yes, take your freedom, take your freedom. But they're like, I'm free, Maria. So I can, you know, the Lord loves me. Like I can do whatever. And I, my challenge to people is if you have a problem with lust, which, um, you know, the stat is um, porn is watched. Uh, tw- there's 20, over 22,000 unique users watching porn every second. Wow. And that porn is watched the most on Sundays. Hmm. Which is kind of crazy if mm-hmm. you think about it in our Western world, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but we make it easy for the enemy because we subject ourselves. Yeah. We go there mm-hmm. in places that we places we shouldn't be mentally, yeah. emotionally, uh, physically. And I always say, like, if someone's struggling with lust, well, let me see your Spotify. Mm-hmm. What kind of music are you listening to? You know, if somebody has anger issues, like I, you know, my son is a, a, he's a skate rat and he's a surfer. So I'm at the skate park and I see all these kids and you can hear their, you know, crazy music. It's like, you know, and then you, they wonder why they hate the world. They have no hope. Well, that's all they're listening to all day long is the world sucks and it's, you know, a crappy place. And then. Mm-hmm. That's what they're evangelizing to themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, even I will always say to young women, stop watching rom-coms. Because if you're lonely or sad or you're wondering why you're not in a relationship and then you go watch a rom-com, like, what's that do for you? Mm-hmm. It does nothing but then make you more depressed. Mm-hmm. So I think we subject ourselves to a lot of things that are warfare. We take off our helmet of salvation. Mm-hmm. We don't think through this salvation. Yeah. Wow, that's good. And um, we take it off. And we go, okay, but I'm just taking it off because I'm resting. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Well, we yeah. do it. I thought I'd laugh because right? there's tons of people that I could probably think of that. Yeah. I've probably done it myself. Yeah. I do it all the time, yeah. yeah. Actually, I do it specifically. I'll be like, not in this month of consecration we're in, but like, there's times where I'm like, oh, I just want to rest. TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, we're watching a series, uh, you know, on Netflix or, you know, whatever it is. I, I just think we make it really easy. And because we minimize so we don't look at that and say, that's warfare. I have to fight for my time. Mm. I have to fight for my life. Mm. I have to fight for my purpose. That's warfare. Mm-hmm. And that's what the enemy wants to come against is our intimacy with the Lord. So we have to begin asking ourselves in a warfare way, is what I'm about to do coming in between my time with Jesus? Mm. And even, you know, last night you heard me say, Jesus is supposed to be in the center. That's what Christianity 101. But we have to be really honest. What's in our center? Ministry can't be in our center. Mm -hmm. Even our marriage can't be in our center. Mm -hmm. Child rearing can't be in our center. It has to be Jesus Mm -hmm. or the enemy is winning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how I feel about even my podcast. Two years, mm. I've had to wrestle. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, kind of contrast what you were saying, in your instance with teaching, like you're doing something the enemy doesn't want you to do, you're pushing back. And so there's pushback from him on the other side. And what you're talking about is apathy and Christians just going to it freely. Not yes. even, maybe they were tempted, but like maybe it's not even understanding the ramifications of like the lyrics that they're listening to, the type of music, the type of show, how it's affecting them. And so if there's already apathy, complacency, or just an ignorance happening, there's no pushback that's needed. Exactly. You know what I mean? You're already freely allowing it into your life. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's when there's pushback against those things to live in righteousness, to be aware of what you're consuming, that the enemy has to push back on you because you're not just doing what he wants you to already. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to know um, part of that warfare is knowing who God is and who you are in the Lord or when you do finally push back and the pushback comes, that's where people give up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so many people, your kids getting attacked, you're like, okay, I'm done, Lord. Like, it's not. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I love my child. Yeah. Right? Um, and it's crazy for me because I feel like in that area, I pushed back and kept pushing back. And then here came this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm wrestling through fear. Mm. I'm repenting mm. from fear of man. Mm. So it's not like every area you're just like Superman or Superwoman, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, do, 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 like I'm, I've overcome. Like we still need Jesus. Mm-hmm. We need the Holy Spirit to mm. empower us. I think another way of spiritual warfare that people may not talk about is depression. And Gen Z is the most depressed generation Mm. it's uh you know i don't know if you've Mm -hmm. seen any of these barna studies about gen z but that's one of the biggest things they say they're the loneliest Mm. and they're the most depressed Mm. and i think that's the enemy and this is part of social media we all do it uh, we will turn to social media instead of to people because it doesn't take effort Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think even in the classroom when I'm teaching, I see the difference. People, I know people who are on social media a lot because they can't have a two-way conversation. It's hard for them to maintain eye contact. Mm-hmm. It's hard for them to um, critically think. Mm-hmm. They just think uh, to have conversation. I'll see it in. I, I see it here, and I see it in Maui. Uh, to have conversation, people show each other videos. Mm-hmm. And then they have a conversation about the video. And I'm like, okay, what else do you want to talk about? Here, let's put that video down. Now what do you two want to talk about? And they're like, Maria, this is awkward. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So depression, I believe, can be, and I don't think every person who's depressed is demonically oppressed. You know, mm-hmm. it, we have a very big... Um, guideline that if someone comes to our one of our schools and they're on any form of medication for depression or mental health that uh, even if somebody declares themselves healed that the guideline is they must stay on their medication mm. until they see a doctor mm. That's awesome. so um we want to say yes god can heal people it's a miracle yeah. right so there, but there are people who are chemically imbalanced and they need that medication and then there are people who are oppressed yeah 
And I think that's another thing. As Christians, we have to know in warfare, we've been sealed, right, by the Holy Spirit. That's what the Word says. So, uh, again, um, my conservatism comes out, I guess, that uh, I am a firm believer of once saved, always saved. And people are like, well, Maria, what about the people that are, you know, like I explained about this woman who has her business now, right? What about her? And I'm like, well, was she ever saved? Mm -hmm. That's really my question. Mm -hmm. Is is it really about do we lose our salvation or is it about were they ever really subjected to Jesus? Did they ever really give their life over to the Lord? Yeah, it's interesting too because as you're talking about this is a topic that I never haven't. I don't know what I think. You know, I hear like really good arguments for both sides. I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. I hope everyone saved, always saved. Yeah. I'm not sure. But like even Jesus says like some people accept the word and they grow up and then the thorns choke it out. And so it looked genuine until trials came or it was the rocky soil where it mm-hmm. sprung up fast and it looked like they were on fire for the right. Lord, but there was no depth. So they died out. Yeah. And, it, and so it's when you're, you're thinking about once saved, always saved in that parable of the of the good soil it's really interesting because like that was a genuine plant that grew up but then it it died away because it didn't have root but then it's also like well was it actually ever obviously it was a plant but it was it like truly rooted and and then what are we going to look at the litmus test maybe saved means rooted in christ which it could be you know so maybe you were rooted in the wrong soil you got the message but you were rooted in the wrong thing or maybe there were some things got in the way and so, yeah, it's really interesting. And that the whole idea of, like, were they ever saved? Like, Paul talks about the Thessalonians. You know, he's like, if they went out from us, they were never of us. Yeah. And so, it's just a topic that I'm like, eh, yeah. well, no the reason I bring that up is because then what I like to remind Christians is you cannot be possessed because you've already been possessed by mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But you can be oppressed. Right. And that makes people uncomfortable mm. uh, because they don't want to think that they can be they can be solid in the word. They can be in worship for hours. They can be in intercession. They can have their quiet times with the Lord and they still can be oppressed. But we live in a finite and fallen world. We're imperfect. Mm-hmm. And um, there's it's not just us. It's through our family lines. I really believe that, that we can have... Uh, uh, familiar spirits that we actually feel comfortable around. We go, oh. And I've seen it in people, um, well, if people come to do YWAM schools and uh, we'll, I'll watch it. They don't even know each other's um, testimony yet and I'll see two people who've struggled with the same thing wow. just come together Hmm. and I'm like oh boy or somebody who's grew up in an addict's home and then somebody who isn't was an addict and then they come together like Hmm. it's a this familiar spirit Hmm. and then they'll even say to me or to others like I just feel so comfortable around that person and I'm like you know let's pray about that let's pray about that comfort you know Um, and it's not always for that reason, but mm-hmm. I've seen it happen. <laughs> yeah, well, it's I've super. It inter- it's so interesting because where my family lives in Michigan is in this county called Washtenaw, and in the occult and the witchcraft world, 
it's known to have a lot of witchcraft. Like, mm. it's very hard to start a church and evangelize in Ann Arbor, and it's it's like one of the it's weird. It's one of the hardest grounds I've ever evangelized. Um, but Berkeley, California, also has a lot of witchcraft, apparently, and I, I guess like it's like known as like a standard of like all this witchcraft in Berkeley, California, and Ann Arbor is called like the Berkeley of the East. In, in the witchcraft wow. world, like how much Michigan, and, yeah, okay. and so it's really interesting because like we, I was like, Adam, it was it was crazy. We we're like driving. Derry and I lived in Yosemite for a couple months, and we were driving into Berkeley. What? Yeah, like a year, but well, you were here. I was there. For, I was there for three months. <laughs> okay. I was there for three months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you were there a lot longer. But we drove into Berkeley to do some evangelism, and it was weird. Like I was driving the car, and like as we entered the city limits and we got into the city limits, I immediately felt like super comfortable. I was like, I don't know why, but this feels like home. And then I was like, think about, it, I was like, oh my gosh, there's the same principalities here probably. And I was like, yes, that's crazy. But I kind of felt like I have more of an upper hand in evangelism. Then I was like, this is yes. fun, and I had a great. Uh, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, I was like. Like, these demons don't know who just walked in here. <laughs> you know? But then, it, it was cool. It was, like, one of my favorite times evangelizing. But it was just, like, I, I felt that familiar spirit going somewhere that had similar principalities. And yeah. it was it yeah. was crazy. And, and maybe the, this might help bring a lot of clarity to people listening. Like, oh, I've had this experience. Of this. Like, and I thought I was just, like, I thought it was a weird experience. But And some people might be, like, that's insane. I've never heard of anything like that. You guys are cooped. But, yeah, I think there's so much more of this world is spiritual than we think. You know, the Bible says that God is spirit, and he created this world. So, this world was created out of the spiritual. And so, the the spiritual is probably even more real than our physical, and we just are limited. Well, and I think, too, you know, we're classic Westerners. We think um, as we go, so the whole world goes. But all you have to do is leave the Western world and if you mm-hmm. speak with people from other countries and cultures, they don't have a problem with there's a spiritual realm mm-hmm. and there's things going on. And um, I hear it from people going to places like Haiti and Africa and you know mm-hmm. the, the continent. And um, there's different places that within their culture, they already accept the fact of a spiritual realm why they're surrounded by witch doctors they've seen Mm -hmm. uh spells Mm -hmm. work Mm -hmm. and um actually i went to this it was a really interesting thing i went to this um uh conference way back in the 90s and they showed a gentleman that was saying he was a christian um i can't remember where he was from but he people would have these like sores and then he would be praying for them and they would burst open and then disappear and so he was saying like yes this is because of because of god um and my best friend and i were at this conference and people were going crazy like clapping they were so excited and i remember my best friend who is very has high discernment she was mm-hmm. like, something's not right, but we're at a conference with hundreds and hundreds of Christians. And then about, I don't know if it was three or six months, somewhere in there later, I think it was Christianity Today, did a whole uh, article on this guy and said, no, he was a, a witch doctor. Wow. But, wow. He understood, yeah. but he understood that... Christians would give him support. Like money, yeah. Yeah, if mm-hmm. he so said just this is, Yes. Wow. Yeah. And then um, even 
I don't know if this happens with everyone, but I know some people who have gone to, you know, witch doctors or um, gone to healers that are not um, Christian and they, they're um, healed for a time. Mm -hmm. And then when their sickness returns, it's, you know, 10 times right. worse. Biblical. So just very interesting. Yeah. Well, um, and, and what's interesting there is like, or you're talking about that story of the witch doctor who's lying is maybe you specifically said God because that's what he said. But I would wonder if he said Jesus because if he specifically did not say Jesus, that would be like how yeah. you, how you do that. And like we've talked briefly this week about how there could be witchcraft in the church. And uh, and my dad was like looked at this and he's like he's like every pastor should have everyone every week just say like Jesus Christ is Lord. This is this and this because like, yeah. witches can't say that. And he's like the demonic can't say that they can't stand it. So you'll like, find out. And I was like, that's a pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> you know, but it's interesting that he didn't say specifically Jesus because, you know, like every religion almost believes in God. So they can say God and mean right. what they, like right. their God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about you guys? Like, have you, what, how do you think you've experienced spiritual? Oh, I have a lot of stories. Yeah. I've gone down for quite a bit of stories. Yeah. I think. I've woken up like I had a dream that um, one of the staff here, older staff, you know Elijah McNevich used to have long. Yes. yes. I had a, I had a dream that um, he woke me up, or in my dream he came to me. He's like, "Hey, there's a there's a church in the back of the valley that wants to baptize someone with the Holy Spirit," and I was like, "Oh, sick, let's go!" And so we went to this church in the back of the valley in my dream, and they had dug this shallow pit, and this woman was laying in it, and they were like standing around it, and I was like. That's not how you baptize on the spirit. That's not right. That's not right. So, <laughs> it was just like very practical in my mind. I was like, that's not God. And then she like opened her eyes and they were all black. I was like, yeah, that's not the Holy Spirit. Like, These guys don't know what they're doing. And then she like, in my dream, she like shot up and started screaming at me and her hair went like just like crazy. And I was like, Whoa. like hit with fear and I couldn't yeah. move. And then I was just like, in my dream, barely able to shake my hand up and say in Jesus name. And then when I said in Jesus name, I woke up and I actually had my finger in the air, was physically saying Jesus' name, and I felt this like gripping in my heart release, and I was like mad that it was, I could feel like it was mad at me, and it just vanished, and I was alone. In the, well, I wasn't alone; everyone else was sleeping, but I was like awake in my room in the middle of the night, like that was weird. Wow. And so I just was like praying against it, and I went to the back to sleep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had that too. The dreams, the um, when I I ran away from the Lord. For three and a half years and when I started uh, returning to him um, I went back to my old Bible college and I stayed in a dorm room with a friend um, and I woke up and I could see the digital clock and I, I can't remember the the time but I could just remember seeing the digital clock and I felt this like heaviness on my back and I couldn't I was like something's mm -hmm. not right and so I tried to say the name of Jesus and I I couldn't produce his name you know I was like yeah, uh, yeah. and so then I just kept fighting I was just concentrating and I'm like Jesus 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 and as soon as I say that I feel literally like talons like just go and off my back like across my back oh, and off wow and I was like and that's the enemy actually 
Um, I believe when people begin coming back to the Lord, if they were running away from the Lord, they're going to go through great warfare because the enemy is like, whoa, 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 mm -hmm. you can't go back. And so yeah. in that period of time, um, I uh, went through warfare in my dreams. I had a whole year, mm -hmm. one whole year, every night I dreamt either either I was killed brutally mm -hmm. or I saw somebody getting murdered or I murdered somebody wow. every single night for a whole year. This is how the enemy attacked me was mm. through sleep and I was trying to give my life back mm -hmm. uh, to the Lord. And then I have had dreams where I wake up on the ground because I'm wrestling um, demons in my bed in my dream. Wow. Um, and same thing, I'll wake up speaking in tongues. I'll wake up uh, rebuking the wow. enemy and <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow, this is, uh, the enemy wants to cause disruption in my life. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's what I would say. People who are listening, you know, um, what, what area of your life is, um, is under disruption? And is there an area of your life under disruption? And if there is... Is it just a matter of your choices, like we reap what we sow? Or do you feel like you've been doing everything right in that area, everything biblical, mm -hmm. and you're still not finding victory? Mm -hmm. Then I would encourage you to um, seek out a mentor, a pastor, and ask for prayer to see, is there some form of oppression mm -hmm. yeah. in this area of my life? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do you want to share a story? Yeah, I, I was thinking of like more mundane things, um, but I couldn't really think of anything. Maybe I'm just not like that in tune to like the mundane, <laughs> but I've had tons of like extreme stuff happen to me. Really? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I think the, the first thing I think of was when I was pretty young, I was listening to Disturbed, um, which is like a metal band. Uh-huh. Um, and um, they were like my favorite band, or one of my favorite bands at the time. I was listening to this song and I was, I was like doing homework or something like that. And then I was just like listening and doing math or something. And I literally heard like a demon like echo like the lyric that I was listening to like as I was listening to it. And I'd never had that experience. And I've never had a sense of like hearing like an actual voice like say the thing that was like I was listening to. And I remember I just like took my headphones off. And I was like, I need to not listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. I've had that happen. Um, I was staying at a... Uh, uh, an Airbnb one time in um, in California because our, our house flooded and we had to get our floors redone and so our insurance paid for us to stay at this other house and this person was super new agey had like all these different rooms with mm -hmm. that they would like do prayers in and stuff mm -hmm. and all these things I don't really know a lot about it but I was staying in one of their rooms and I've I've had feelings of where like you feel like there's an evil presence in the room mm -hmm. right um, but usually it's it's medicatable like, mm -hmm. I'll pray, and, like, it'll go away, or I'll just be, like, I'll just go to sleep, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, there's this Catholic guy I I heard a quote from a long time ago, and I still think about it today, where, like, he was so accustomed with, um, like, the enemy trying to scare him all the time that he, like, just named him, like, Greybeard, and he would just ignore him. <laughs> and, like, every time he'd, like, feel an evil presence come into his room, which is, like, every night, he'd be like, oh, it's just you again, like, Greybeard, and he'd, like, fall, like, roll over and fall asleep. And so... I had a lot of those experiences and I just kind of became normal and I would just kind of like ignore it. Um, but like in this instance, like there was 
tons of like spirits in the room and I could just tell like there was just tons of things around my bed like staring at me I couldn't fall asleep every night and so like wow. I just couldn't stay in the room I would go and sleep like on the couch wow um, and this wasn't, wasn't like a proximity thing to people mm-hmm. I just like I was like I just can't stay in this room like I just can't fall asleep at yeah. night because of like yeah. all of these like yeah. spirits that are here and so I'd go sleep wow. somewhere else so I've had lots of stuff like that happen to me I've had mm-hmm. sleep paralysis like I couldn't say the name of Jesus either yeah. just because there was a heavy weight on my chest. Yeah, I couldn't that. move and stuff like that um, until eventually, like like after a few minutes, I can get it out and say something. Wow. And then yeah. like immediately breaks. I've had that happen a couple times. Yeah, I've had yeah. I've had similar things. Like I remember distinctly back when I lived in Michigan, I would get home from um, I hang out with my friends and we're all Christians, and I was like, what a what a fun night. This was. I distinctly remember thinking this is a really good night, and I like went to lay down and I, and I turned off the light and as my head hit the pillow it felt like this black orb on the other side of the room just dropped in the room and just hit as, as soon as my head hit the pillow it felt like it hit the floor and just like sent a shockwave of, pe- of fear and I was just like hit and I was like oh my gosh and like the same thing I could hardly speak and I finally was like Jesus and just like vanished immediately and I was like now I'm going to sleep wow but I've had crazy, like, I had more spiritual things happen before I joined full-time ministry. Um, and maybe just because I was younger and more naive of a Christian, so I just made it, I don't know why, maybe. But I used to work at a factory and I'd weld, and, like, I'd be listening to podcasts about stuff, like spiritual warfare stuff. And I'd, like, <laughs> I'd be just welding, and I'd be looking at my, like, whole booth, which is, like, probably the size of this room, a little bit bigger. And, like, tools would just come off my shelf, like, flying. And I'd just be like... I got work to do. And I would just like ignore it and just keep welding. And then I'd like go pick up the tool. I'd be annoyed because I had to walk all the way over there and took me away from my work. And then, and nothing was on the other side of the, of the booth that would hit it, you know, or the whole, if if something did get hit, the whole thing would shake. And and that never happened. It was just like one distinct tool would fly off. And it happened again. And I was like, look, I have work to do. I know you're just trying to scare me. It's not working, so just stop in Jesus' name, okay? Clearly, you're not doing a good job. Yeah. I, was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, this is this is lightweight. And I just went, like, went back to welding. And, or wow. like, it would just, it would stop. Well, I've had, um, I think the, the place uh, experientially that I learned the most was I had a friend who um, became so demonically oppressed. She um, told me... Um, don't fall asleep when I'm here because I just keep thinking about strangling you. What? <laughs> wow. And um, I remember I called this pastor and I was like, this is what she's saying to me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he just started saying to me, um, Maria, you know, you have to know who you are in Christ. And that's really when I began this whole idea of I want to teach spiritual warfare from Ephesians and identity. Um, But um, he talked to her on the phone. I said, will you, you know, talk to her on the phone? And he said, yes. And then he's like, Maria, get, just rebuke that fear. You know, you've got nothing to fear. And um, he, I put her on the phone and he just, like, I can hear him. And he just starts going off. And he's (laughs) like, get out in the name of Jesus. You know, whatever. She drops the phone and runs into the city that we're in. And I find her like two hours later at a random coffee shop sleeping on their sofa. And she had all this oppression until we left that particular state. Once we crossed over that state line, 
she said she just felt such a like a relief was mm-hmm. the only word that she could um, wow. that was that she, she could describe it. Yes, that she could describe it as. And so I think it's true. If we don't know who we are, we mm-hmm. allow the enemy to oppress us, even overtake us. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've had another friend who had a, a little boy show up and befriend her mm-hmm. for weeks, and she would talk to him. But he wasn't really a little boy. It was a demon. Like it wasn't like it was a figment of her imagination. Kind well, of. It, he it was. Or a, she was seeing it, but maybe you weren't seeing it. Exactly. But it he would he would come to her every day and talk to her and, oh. and wanted to befriend her. And she finally told somebody about it, and they're like, "That is a demon." Did she know it wasn't real? She, she, or not like she not physical? Knew, uh, no, she said she felt like he was physical, but she knew no one else could see him. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's when you kick those things. You'd be like, you're a little boy, but no one can see you. No one's going to see what I'm about to do. This map. I got to kick you. I think that's the the issue, too, with spiritual warfare that we haven't mentioned yet, is that the enemy is a wooer. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Most of the time, he's wooing people to him. And I don't know if you've ever seen The Passion of Christ, but um, the movie, The Passion of Christ. It's like my greatest failure as a Christian is what I haven't. Wow. Well, (laughs) even if you don't want to watch the whole thing, I would encourage the both of you to watch the beginning because it's Jesus. It's Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Mm -hmm. And here comes Satan. And it is the best... uh, depiction of satan and it is this being that has this little snake going uh in the nostril out a nostril like it's this the way they made satan you wanted to look at him but you wanted to look away mm-hmm. but you couldn't and i it it has distinctly uh helped me in my understanding of spiritual warfare because that really is what happens, right? Why do we listen to those th- this kind of music we listen to? We're depressed, and then we listen to some, you know, I don't know, John Mayer or something, you know, like, oh, yeah, just connecting with my emotions. And But why? Because it's comforting, and where are we supposed to take our depression? We're supposed to take it to the comforter, Holy Spirit, not so we can sit in our depression, not so we can understand our depression, but so that he can begin healing the root of that depression. But it will never happen if we're going to these different places of comfort. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it's... Uh, it's an interesting thing because the enemy, when we, we think he's going to show up like the, the man in a red suit with a red pitchfork, and we're going to go, that was Satan. Mm-hmm. But do you know, some spiritual warfare comes under the name success. Mm-hmm. And I believe that there's a lot of successful people that um, their success is what's in the middle of their life. And it's kept them from their relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the enemy knew that. So he brought them more success and more success and yeah. more success. Well, that even becomes kind of like idolatry in a sense. Where yes. then it's like when you bring to them Jesus, it's like, well, for them to let go of that is going to be very hard, unfortunately. It's right. like the rich young ruler where he's just like, oh, I got all this stuff. And Jesus is like, God, love me more than that. Mm-hmm. And like, 
I have I know people like that in my life, and I just always am praying that like, man, God, would you like somehow would you become more worth it? Would you become more valuable to them? You know, and like ultimately knowing I think deep down they know that like money's not gonna satisfy me, status isn't gonna satisfy me, but they're still chasing because it's like all they know is it might be like the only thing that they have seen examples of, the only thing that they've seen looks fulfilling in society. You know, and it's it's yeah, it's a hard pill to swallow. That's like, hey, like yeah. you're running down the wrong lane. Well, right before I came to my DTS way back in 1995, uh, I, you know, did a lot of clubbing in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I was running away from the Lord. So the last six months before my DTS, I just started running as hard as I could towards darkness Hmm. because I knew either change is going to come when I go to this school or I'm going to come to realize that God really isn't real. And I'm going to come back to this life that I'm living now. Drugs, craziness, clubbing. And I'm going to be dead by the time I'm 30. Well, when I went to this club, I decided the first time ever in my life I was going to get my cards read. So I sit down. I get my... It's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, they have free tarot card readers. Mm-hmm. I sit down, she starts reading my cards and she's like, oh, I see that a change is coming. And I'm like, wow, why did I sit at this table? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm getting the EBGBs already. And, and then she says, um, you're going to have to, you're going to have these choices. And I'm like, what is happening? I can't remember anything else she said. I just was in my own head. Well, what began happening is I started getting all of these opportunities that would happen if I stayed in Minneapolis Mm -hmm. opportunities for money I hadn't I never I didn't graduate from college because I ran away from college to go party Mm. and I had someone come and offer me an HR job at their law firm and I'm like I don't even have the credentials for that and they were like we'll train you and I'm like uh and this person was a highly influential lawyer uh, in Minnesota. And I'm like, and I, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening. Uh, boyfriends, I had, uh, when I was young, I had millionaires uh, trying to date me and take me places and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it just continued to happen until the day I left making that choice to come to my DTS. And um, so I just say that sometimes um, if people have an onslaught of the things that their flesh desires, Mm. this is spiritual warfare to take ground and to say, no, no, this is not where I'm supposed to be. And how I did that in that time, because I was not chasing after Jesus, is only by the mercy of God. Mm -hmm. It really is. That's amazing. So this has been a great episode, I think, really enlightening and really encouraging. And the one thing I think that's, like, amazing that I always want to, like, remind our people of is, is that we're closing out the show is, like, in Jesus we have the victory, right? Whatever oppression, we can say, like, hey, like, if you're, when you're when the attacks come, you can pray against and say, with the authority of Jesus Christ, I, I command this to stop. And demons mm-hmm. have to listen. You know, I think that the, the little things or, or saying, like, yeah, like, where can I repent and where is an open door? And the Lord will reveal that to you. If you ask him and it'll like, you can, you can grow into this stuff and like the enemy doesn't have to keep winning in people's lives. But as we come to the end of the show, we, we started asking every guest this cause we think it's beneficial. Um, do you want to, do you want to ask it? 
Yeah. So we ask every guest now that comes on the show because our show is mainly about people having hard questions and things that they are wrestling with within Christianity um, and exposing people to the gray areas of the Christian faith. Um, so we like to ask everybody, what's the best argument or the thing you've struggled with most in your like Christian walk in accepting who Christ is or like having hard times with struggling with the Lord, right? So a lot of people will say like the problem of evil, how would God allow bad things mm-hmm. to happen? Okay. Or there's people that will never hear about God, stuff like that. Like okay. people will, will list like their hardest problem. Do you have one of those that's been in your life or a hard situation that's made you want to walk away from the Lord that you could share? It doesn't wow. have to be long. Wow, what a big question. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I divert for one quick second? Yeah. I just want to make sure I say this, that if someone is struggling with demonic activity and they can't they can't get over it, it's not a, a, we don't take on the demonic maverick style. We need the body of Christ. We mm. need others to be praying with us. And that fasting uh, in the word where um, the, the disciples say, why couldn't we... Um, get rid of those demons. Right. Right. And what did he say? He said, these these kind, it's through prayer, but that Greek word is proshush, which yeah. means prayer and fasting. Yeah. So the word calls us to fast. It mm. says when you fast, not if you fast, if you feel like fasting. So um, I always like to make sure I say to people, you want change in your life? Fast. Yep. Every time I fasted, something else yeah. happened. Okay, sorry. So I just realized I didn't say that, and I I just feel like that's so big as far as demonic activity. Um, I think the biggest question, um, the biggest question for me is uh, how has, um, why is it that our family history affects us so much Hmm. um and i understand how and why it's like i have all the information Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. biblically here Mm -hmm. um but i see i can see patterns even in my own life even having loved the lord all these years there are things that i go oh that's the pattern Mm -hmm. of my family Mm -hmm. and i've now stepped into that mm-hmm. doo-doo, you know, yeah. and why, mm-hmm. how, how do I, how can I keep coming to this same place? So some families like just generally, maybe it's passivity mm-hmm. and their family, they notice like, man, my, my dad was passive. My grandfather was passive. My great grandfather was passive. And now I'm kind of passive. And um, so I know it's not like, oh, the problem of evil and all that kind of stuff. I'm actually, uh, I feel blessed and I had to come to terms with this, that there are questions many people have that I don't, I just don't care. Yeah. And for a long time, I felt like that means that I'm not mature in my faith. And then I had to realize, well, I don't need to know that information to keep running towards Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the blessing for me, I think, is that from running away from the Lord for so long, coming back to Him, Mm -hmm. I know the benefit of Jesus in my life. Mm -hmm. I know the beauty 
of being in the presence of God. So I may not understand, and we are a definitely a Greek informational society, and we feel like right. the more we know, the more we understand, even the more we understand God and can explain Him, then uh, the more powerful we are. But in reality, I believe it's the most, the more intimate that we are with Jesus, the more we know our God, his right. character, who he is, this is where the power is. And mm -hmm. yes, we can do that by studying the word and we're called to study the word and mm -hmm. all that and, and talking about the non-essentials. Um, but I think as we talk about the non-essentials, mm -hmm. as we talk about the gray areas, are we talking about them from the place of intimacy with Jesus or are we talking about them from a place of anger and bitterness and cynicism? Mm -hmm. And... Um, and I did. It was a few years ago that in one of our staff conferences, somebody said, um, some people's questions are not your questions. And if you mm. try to answer them for their sake, it mm. becomes burdensome to you. And I was like, wow, I'm in my late 40s and I'm hearing this now, Lord? Like, you could have given me some insight, you know? Uh, and it changed my life. Hmm. So there's, and, and I think I actually get that from my mother who wouldn't even have a discussion about a non-essential. She mm -hmm. won't even talk about it because she's a true evangelist. She's like, we got to stop talking about these things and get out there and mm -hmm. talk to the people who don't know Jesus. You know, that's mm -hmm. kind of her mm -hmm. deal. But I think I partially get that from her. Like, mm -hmm. I see how Jesus changes lives. I see that he's the truth. I've been through enough apologetics courses that I know why I believe what I believe. Mm -hmm. I see the benefit of biblical worldview. And nothing's taking me from that. Mm -hmm. The evil pain. I've... I'm a person that's had um, a lot of pain in my life. Mm. And every time I'm like, okay, more pain, that means I'm going to talk more about the beauty of the Lord because mm. that's the answer. Cool. So well, I don't know if that's great the answer. answer. Yeah. No, that's great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Our friend Robin had a TikTok he put out the other day. It made me, reminded me of what you said, um, just about the, like, the Christian uh, part of what you said, um, where he was like, when people leave Christianity, like in the deconstruction movement, they're always so quick to say, like, I was a real Christian, like, I was a youth leader, and I have this Bible degree, and I read my Bible every day, and I served at church. And he was like, where in the Bible are those listed as, like, like reasons that you are a Christian? He's like, did you grow in the fruit of the Spirit? He's like, because that's the, the list. Yes. Of, like, yeah, that that's good. A Christian. I was like, oh, wow. That's, that's great. That's pretty good. Like, did you grow in love? Yeah, that's amazing. Well, Shoot. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I guess... With that, thank you guys for coming back to another amazing episode. Is that prideful to say about our own show? I think we have a good episode. I yeah, think that's humble. Great. If you know it's amazing, then just say it. It's amazing. You should listen. <laughs> you should support us. <laughs> so, thank you so much, Maria, for coming on. And what was the name of your podcast that's coming out so these guys can go check it out when it drops? Speaking from in the middle of the storm. You heard it there, guys. Go check out Speaking from in the Middle of the Storm around December time. Yep. Yep. Around and is December. the is the title of the show going to be that, or is it going to be an acronym that people well, are gonna have to look the, up? No, that's going to be the whole title. The I name. know it's long, okay. um, but the word middle will be an acronym. Mm. Oh, cool. Cool. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Right on. Have to tune in to find out what that is. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Excited. Excited. All right, guys. Have a good week. We'll see you next time.